0: Go to shamelesssex.com and for 15% off of some of our favorite sex toys, use coupon code shamelesssex at purepleasureshop.com. You are listening to a Pleasure Podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com. Well, hello everyone. Hi everybody. Welcome back to the Shameless Sex Podcast. This episode is with Gigi Engel. I'm so stoked that we have her on our show. I have... Bit of fangirl, so many fangirl moments. Lately. I learned
1: nearly fifteen new facts. Yeah, on the show, and I'm guessing off the top of my head, it could could have been more. I've actually referred to this interview because we recorded it a couple of weeks ago in the outside world. I've referred yeah. to it to a couple of people that I've talked to about various things, and I love the topic because. Yeah. How much did you learn from this?
0: So much, and I have actually gotten arguments with people about sex and porn addiction. Because the ideas around it are they differ. Um, yeah, everyone has differing opinions, and I think I mean when it comes to addiction, it's a heavy topic, and so I know a lot of people that are in the like, oh no, it's a definitely a real thing. It's a problem. Porn is all bad, and then there's people like, no, it's actually not an addiction. So, that's but why that's she was talking about this. She remember, was, she's like the she moment, wanted to separate. The, and you also yeah. throw
1: the word addiction onto anything. It's yeah. a it's a very heated yeah. word, and mm-hmm. it has a lot of.
0: Context. Well, her it. ultimate goal is to free people from shame. And so she's, her, it seems like her approach is very much if, if we have a label like addiction or something else and it creates more shame, then that's problematic because it's just shame that got them there in the first place, shame and trauma. So why are we going about it in a way that's just creating more of that? Uh, so stay tuned if you're someone who felt like you have had a sex addiction or a porn addiction, or maybe you have one, or you've been in a relationship with someone, or maybe you know someone or in the future you might be in a relationship Dude, with someone who you're just a, planet, has these you're a human on
1: planet earth that digs information that's yeah. smart information yeah i'm uh, an information i know that i don't have porn addiction or sex addiction and now that i know it's not a thing yeah uh, <laughs> i just like information and i don't want to seem like an idiot if i'm talking to people either yeah. so deidify, edify it idiot idiot or the CFI. you know what
0: just be cool man i also have my first cold since 2019 so i'm gonna bring april's brain fart on my own brain it's contagious yeah it might be contagious <laughs> so stay tuned really awesome episode and we will have Gigi back because she's fucking badass and she can speak to on anything with brilliancy so is brilliancy a word Yes, it is. Okay, cool. All right. So, uh, L.A., L.A., we're coming for you in January, January 12th and 13th. And it may be before that. We actually don't know about other events, but we know we will be at the Vibe Expo in L.A. This is 2024. It's at the Lowe's Hollywood. Yeah.
1: So, check it out. And it's there's a, free. It's free. There's a bunch of other vendors there. And it's a consumer show. There's workshops. Consumer There's, means sex
0: toys. It's yes. Most like sex toys and in, in adult products. Right. But
1: you don't have to be a person that's selling sex toys. But there are people
0: that are offering workshops. Sex experts are there. Oh yeah. they are. Have you seen the list by the way? Yeah. It's incredible. Like Taomi is going to be there. I know. We get to meet her in person finally. She's in our like still number two episode. How to suck dick like a boss. She's oh, going yeah. to be there. But also we're going to be there.
1: <laughs> we're going to be there. We're signing books. We're teaching a workshop. We are also. I think we're doing a. We're doing a live podcast. Yeah, I so, don't think
0: I know we. On Friday, January 12th, we're doing a live podcast recording there. And then on Saturday, January 13th, we're teaching an Oral Sex 101 class. And if you just go to Vibe Oral show, Sex for All. For Oral everyone. Sex for All, sorry. If you go to vibeshow.com, you sign up. Again, it is free. Come hang out with us. Learn. You'll meet so many awesome sex educators. You'll see some cool toys. It's a fun time. There's a lot of energy in there. Uh, we haven't been since Brooklyn. This is
1: a new show. It used to be called the Sex Expo, but yeah. that was in Brooklyn. This is a new show for LA because 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 post pandemic, it's been a bit difficult. But this show, it's in a fabulous hotel, great location in Hollywood. We're going to be there. Excellent. I think, I think Dirty Lola is
0: going to be there I there's, too. I, look
1: at vibexpo.com yeah. and, and, or
0: sorry
1: drloribethshow.com
0: Bisbee Bisbee oh, so Bisby. many people have been on our shows that we, well we've, met, we've hung out with Lola many times but yeah people we've met in person so yeah go check it out and so uh, we will be there like April said with the various things we're doing we will bring copies of our book but if you already bought one okay first of all if you haven't bought one please buy a copy of our book we would love for you to also, buy a copy of our book also
1: review our book yes. we're, we're going to start talking about how important reviews are not right now but in general, I'll just highlight why reviews are important because it helps people find the book, the item that you're reviewing. And obviously, five stars are appreciated. We spent so much time. We spent two years and of our life. Two years of our lives. And if you dig our podcast and you like us in general, and hopefully you like the book, just rate us. You don't have to leave even a paragraph. You can leave a sentence. You can leave a couple of words. I think you might be required to leave a few words. Yeah. Yeah. But anywhere books are sold. So Amazon, Barnes & Noble, your local bookshop.org
0: has it, mm-hmm. your local bookshop. And if can't. your local bookshop doesn't have it, go ask them for it. They can order it for you. That's and we're what, also yeah.
1: on Audible. So um, go.
0: So yeah, buy our book, review our book. And if you're in L.A., bring a copy of your book and we will sign your book. And we'll probably give you a hug. Ask first. We'll probably you a hug. And we'll give you, you
1: a five-star review for showing up.
0: And uh, if you don't have the book, then we'll be selling copies there as well. So come and visit us in L.A. And um, if you're not able to come to L.A., we will probably be in New York, Philadelphia, Austin, Texas, Miami, Chicago, we'll all have, kinds of places. We'll have
1: an event section on our website. Yes. We're going to set it up. So our website's actually more up to date than it's been in a while because... Amy and I don't have a team, unlike we have Paige. We have Paige, executive assistant. We don't have a huge team. We're small, so we shout out to our publicist and uh, we love we love her, and we need to ask her if we can say her her name. But um, our agency that we use is awesome, and and we that's our only team. But really, it's just Amy and I. And thank you to Paige. But we are putting on another retreat, which is live on our website now
0: in April of 2024. April 24th to 29th, we will be in Tulum mexico and this is our second retreat we did our first retreat in costa rica for women and we have a return we already
1: have someone that's going to come back come back i know that's awesome and there are 70 people on the wait list and we are i know it's around the holidays but i will say this
0: podcast i was like this podcast the retreat
1: 70 people on the wait list We've sent out a notification to all those folks. It is around the holidays, so if you feel like gifting someone you love, because we had, I think, three people—I want to say three people—the last oh, yeah. retreat that were gifted this by their partners, yeah—and awesome. they loved it. We have a WhatsApp group now where we still—it's still, still active—and yeah, we're we also very connected. Shout out! to It was so beautiful, and so we're looking forward to this Tulum retreat. It's at another villa, all inclusive, meaning. Yep. It's not going to be something where you have to forage for your own uh, food every day. Yeah, uh, we have a chef. We have live Workshops, yoga, um, yoga S Factor. Oh, We've yeah. got. Uh, we're gonna have. Yeah, it's it's so much fun. Just we don't even have to oversell it because it's yeah. no no doubt it's gonna sell it. It's gonna sell. It's out. gonna sell out as so, it
0: as it did last time. So go check it out on our website shamelessx.com. There's a whole cute little video in there so you can see.
1: And all you have to do is put your deposit down to secure your spot. So and you wish it's
0: April now but it, I mean you're April I am you, April You're all April. I know I know oh lucky I want to be I April I know alright so go check it out Um. okay and like April said a good gift item because it's the gift of or the gift giving season ready for a sex question I'm ready I have recently turned 50 but feeling and looking 35 I'm having lots of fun with mainly 28 to 35 year old guys. I think this is by a woman, by the way, um, which is super by fun. A woman, a woman or writing a woman. Uh, uh, by woman, uh, by uh, a woman wrote this. Okay, a cis woman, I believe, wrote this. So she's 50 but feeling 35. I've been having a lot of fun with mainly 28 to 35 year old guys, which is super fun. However, I have PTSD from the end of my marriage with forced blowjobs. I really want to try again, but I'm super anxious about my technique, especially with these hot young guys. Do you have any videos I can watch or great tips? Absolutely. You had you had forced blowjob experiences with some of your first blowjobs, right? I was,
1: yeah, only one. That was enough. And that was when I was 14.
0: Yeah, that's super traumatic, though. It was
1: super traumatic. And then I refused to, after that, I refused to give oral pleasure. I just refused. I was like, I'm not doing Three years, it. It was right? traumatic until my husband, until yeah. I got married. And so that was like
0: your early thirties.
1: That was, uh, or no, I got 20s? married 28. Okay. So it oh, was, wow. it was long it's like time. two
0: decades of no dick sucking almost because yeah. I
1: was traumatized. And yeah, I felt like it may, every time I tried to suck dick, it just brought me back to this feeling of, of powerlessness. Yeah. And I was triggered. And as, as she was saying, the PTSD, it was, I didn't think it was that at the time. I don't like to over label myself with like um, trauma terms. Cause I didn't feel like I was worthy of those terms. I mean at
0: 14, you probably didn't even know what that was. No, but too. I'm saying
1: in my twenties, I yeah. didn't, I wasn't like, I have PTSD for this. I was just tell, would tell people, look, um, blowjobs are really personal for me and, and I'm only doing that. I actually would say for my husband Oh, and I dated someone for seven years yeah. and I didn't ever give him a blowjob.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And so did they know that you had trauma with that person? Yes. Yeah.
1: I, I mentioned, I didn't ever go into detail, but you said I, I had a bad experience deep. before. I just said yeah. I had a bad experience and it's something that I'm not comfortable with doing. Yeah. And so I had plenty of oral experiences with dudes going down on me and, yeah. and, and other, and I did a uh, lick box.
0: Yeah, girl, you licked that box. Yes, I did. She licked that box real good. Uh, Because that's safer, though, because you didn't have a traumatic experience from that. Right. That makes sense. And so for this person coming out of a marriage, you're having a great time right now with these 20 to 35 year old guys. You came out of a marriage with forced blowjobs. And so, of course, that is traumatic and it will bring up um, its I hear you that you're nervous about your technique, but I'm also curious what also comes up, with what, like what you experience, April, this like coming going back into this history that's not really positive, bringing back these negative feelings. I don't really teach blowjob classes these days in person, but I used to teach blowjob classes. And uh, I had one woman there who was in her 40s who had... I think she maybe started having sex later in life, like in her twenties, and so like sucking cock was never a big part of her life. Obviously, it wasn't she? Was, so, anyways, I not obviously she never sucked a cock. She was in her forties, okay, and had gone so long, so didn't have a traumatic experience, but gone so long without doing it that now she was just nervous to do it because she was worried about her technique, right? And I know these are different things because this person's coming out of trauma, and, and but her, there's, it's similar in that there's this is fear of how am I going to be when I perform? I'm going, am I going to be good at it? But for this person, I just want to say also, you once you actually put your mouth on a cock you might have an experience like april did where it brings or not did but you were afraid of it might bring back these old feelings Which of i don't like this
1: the only thing that really healed and helped that was the feeling of safety with a partner someone that i trusted after Who's i did not disclose, gonna push
0: your head down who
1: wouldn't push my head who also was patient and i will say that there have been times where because i did i took your blowjob classes in my 20s when we yeah. were teaching and when also like Midori I, taught them I did Megan I, and, I sat, so many yeah, and I watched yeah. videos and then when I finally felt comfortable enough I would practice and there were lots of errors and sometimes there always is. I have a small I do have a small yeah. mouth a bad gag reflex and I have large teeth so I had yeah. to learn really a lot from like you know yeah trying to trying to maneuver and their patience is key in having a person that you completely can feel vulnerable with and make mistakes with. So if you're banging out, you're, you're having lots of fun with 28 and 35-year-olds, which is super fun if you find a person that you feel comfortable enough with explaining what your past experience was like and that you could just go slow. I still don't usually get blowjobs and. To orgasm, it's usually like a preparatory device,
0: and I love it. Oh my god, I remember we did jizz in your mouth for the first time. That was yeah. like only a couple years ago. Only a couple it's years so ago. So cute, it's so adorable. I like that. And well, it's your body and your choice. And so yeah, yeah so with the, these partners that you have, like April said, if you can share a little bit, of like, hey, I had a traumatic experience with oral sex, uh, or I've had traumatic experiences, and I'm curious to know what you like. Um, maybe you can guide me, but I need you to not push my head down or face fuck me. Like I need to be in full power, but I would love to hear, you know, feedback, you know, with, so with pressure, like faster, slower, softer, you know, more lube, more on the head, more on the shaft, but making sure that they know that they can't push your body beyond what your body is into. Because if you have that happen again, then there's more work to do once again.
1: I will recommend to you just as an addition to what Amy was saying, cause yes, to all of what you said, it has been helpful to get feedback. I also like to give the disclaimers beforehand and like outside
0: the bedroom uh,
1: yeah and sometimes inside I'm like whoa whoa hey whoa um like that's that's a lot. Hey, can we go slower? Or yeah. usually going slower. Or can I take a breather? And I'm just like... Oh, but I if like, you
0: were to say I had a past traumatic experience, which oh, is that's outside, outside the bedroom. bedroom. Okay, yeah. Okay. Not, yeah. Not inside.
1: But what's helped me, and I don't know if this is good advice or not, but for me, it has really helped. I'll also use a sex toy to just Ooh, give me yeah. stimulation while I'm doing the blowjob because then it's not so much... Sometimes it feels like pressure. Like you're spotlight on, almost. Yeah, yeah. And like... And like me getting turned on makes me, I feel like more into the uh, the dick sucking. So totally. that's my advice. I don't know if well, you, if you be, feel the same. You but- want to
0: be into it. If you're not into it, I say don't do that because then that's either compliant sex or tolerating sex. So whatever it helps you to be interested in. It sounds like this person wants to do it, but do it because you want to do it. If you want to learn more about if it's regarding the technique. So we talked a little bit about like creating safety with partners. And also, if you don't feel safe with a partner, I wouldn't say that that's the one to explore this with, considering you have past trauma. Only the people that you feel like are really going to respect your boundaries. And then if you want to learn more, um, Samaya, who uh, has the website, TheSexualEssentials.com, sex- who also now has a podcast, by the way, that's going that's doing really well. I think it's called Not Another Sex Podcast. Well, um, I don't remember
1: the name, but I think it's something like that. Yeah, prob- I think it's You're the probably name. right. Okay.
0: Yeah. Um, so she's-, and she's in our book, and she's awesome. She's been on a show many times times. She has a master mouth class on her website. She was the
1: one that's like getting your nuts. Yeah. She she, talks she's about all about getting, getting, your getting nut. her yeah. nuts, like finding pleasure she, in
0: whatever she does, right. in, even if she's sucking that dick. Yeah. Um, so if you want to take a class, go take Samaya's master mouth class. Again, that's at thesexualessentials.com. She's fucking amazing. And then we talked about you
1: in the beginning of the show when we talked about the Vibe uh, show, the Vibe Expo yeah. in L.A., there is Taomi. Yeah. Um, she does dick
0: riding and. I don't know if she does sucking though. She's okay. like more oral. Okay. A lot I- of sex educators do. Like, I feel like I d- she has I know Ashley Manta you know. has the hand job oh, stuff, so, okay. but I don't know. She has blow jobs. I have on Pure Pleasure's website, pure, purepleasureshop.com, I have the uh, class called an orgasmic bliss penis pleasure 101 class. That's about everything from mouths to hands to all kinds of things related to pleasuring someone with a penis. Um, but a lot. A lot of awesome sex educators will have something of that, of that form. I just know Samaya has one and Samaya's like awesome. we do a
1: deep-throating awesome. one with, some, with Oh wait, we had the person
0: that was fuck i know who you're talking about hadusa yes yeah hadusa. Okay. she has an ebook she has an ebook okay yeah. that's another one okay hadusa hadusa uh, yeah she has an ebook um so i i don't know it spells like head usa because i was a yeah. head usa or hadusa um i you know she has an ebook but i think i mean so ebooks are great i think we're also she might have a video too but we're i think we're visual people and so the visuals can really help so go check those out learn more we have plenty of podcasts on it if you go on our website and the search engine kind of sucks but try to search over and over again well, if could you look up blowjob, blow Yeah, just, things will pop up.
1: Okay, yeah, or oral
0: maybe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Blow blowjob will pop up. Why yeah. does it? Yeah, we, we need, need to, to talk to Squarespace. We need about to, this. to talk to Squarespace. Squarespace.
1: Okay, but those are that's a good starting point. Yeah, I feel like there's a lot of resources. And we talk a
0: lot about in our book about how to conquer the cock too. We
1: do. We and we took a took a lot of expert advice. Yeah. and so that's and a lot of it is in the hands. So Ashley Manta's yeah. advice on hand sex can be incorporated into Honestly, that.
0: Honestly, to me, a lot of what you do with your hands, your mouth just does the same thing. It's just like a juicier, wet space that has teeth that you need to be careful about. Right. And don't let anyone fuck that face unless you, say, unless you say fuck that face.
1: Well, get our book and then you can be guided through all of the techniques. And, then and just suck also all the dicks. And, and all, all of the other experts out there. Mm, okay. Dick. let's. Are you ready for a bio? Yeah, dick. All right. Let's do it. Gigi Engel is a London-based certified sex and relationships psychotherapist, sex educator, and author of All the Fucking Mistakes. Her work regularly appears in many publications, including Cosmo, Glamour, Men's Health, and Refinery29. In 2019, she was named Journalist of the Year at the Sexual Freedom Awards, and in 2023, she was nominated for the ExBiz Sexpert of the Year Award. To learn more, go to MissGigiEngle.com.
0: All right, everyone it is interview time and we are here today with Gigi Engel and I'm super excited about this. Uh, I know I say that for every episode. And I feel like, I don't know, we keep like stepping up with our, these like dream guests. That's that, because we have amazing guests. That's why you can see it. I know. There's all these amazing guests that we keep having. And it's like, really, we get to have that guest and that guest and that guest? This is amazing. So Gigi Ingle is here. We're talking about porn and sex addiction. Is it real? What What do you do with it? If it is, what if it's not? What do you do with that? So you already heard a little bit about Gigi in the bio, in the intro, but Gigi, welcome to our show. And Let's just open it up with. Can you please tell our listeners how you got to where you are today in the field of sexuality?
2: Sure, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me, longtime listener to Shameless Sex. Um, I'm Gigi Angle. I'm a psychosexual and relationship therapist based in London, and I got to where I am today in a sort of strange manner. So I started out about a decade ago uh, at a very small at the time, millennial company, you might all know it today, Elite Daily, shout out. Mm -hmm. And I was kind of writing all about sex. And something that I realized pretty early on was that there just like wasn't a lot of journalism that was sort of really well-researched or like had experts uh, that were a part of it. It was more like, you know, like 10 different ways to make your pussy taste different. And I was kind of like, huh, like, it'd be kind of cool to do some like feature journalism around sex. So I started doing that really took off. It was really awesome. And then in 2017, I decided to go freelance. So I started writing for all these magazines, specifically at the time it was Teen Vogue. And I wrote an article that my editor suggested that was about anal sex. And it was like very basic, kind of like how to do it, how to do it safely, how it works, kind of just like, you know, basic stuff. And this is for Teen Vogue. Let's keep that in our context peripheral. (laughs) Um, And I like, I thought nothing of it because I have written some controversial shit. Like I had written, you know, how to masturbate and all this kind of stuff. So I didn't really think anything of it. And it kind of turned into a shit show. Um, It turned into sort of this mass trolling media nightmare that was actually good for me because it ended up launching my career, really. Um, and I was called a sodomite on Fox News. I wasn't aware we were still using the term sodomite in the year <laughs> of our Lord 2017, but it is what it is. And there was a public book burning of what? the Teen Vogue magazine. Yeah. By this now banned from YouTube, uh white supremacist. So, and he, ba- like, she burned all these books, all these uh, magazines of Teen Vogue. And I just remember the, f- the only thing I thought to myself was, oh my God, she thought I was in print. <laughs> I was like so flattered. And that ended up getting me a book deal, which was <laughs> awesome. And I wrote my first book, which is behind me here, <laughs> which is called All the Fucking Mistakes. And it was kind of like a guide to sex, love, and life kind of based on my experiences. It was very like agony aunts, kind of like this is how you do kink. This is how you, what you should how you avoid STIs. This is what you do with sex toys. And it was like a really great experience for me. And my freelance career took off after that. But based on the Teen Vogue backlash, I realized that what I really needed to do was get certified in sex education. Because even though I was an investigative journalist, I realized that sexuality is so nuanced and it's such a sensitive topic that sort of, which actually links very much into our theme for today, honestly, because of the nuance and the incorrect messaging that people have around it I kind of realized I needed to have I needed to be better for my readers so I went back to school I got certified in sex education and then a few years later I moved to London and I was like what do I do now and decided to pursue a career in sex therapy so I went back to school again did my post-grad work and now I'm a psychosexual therapist and here we are today.
1: I love this story. And the I did not expect the book burning thing. I know. And sometimes what they say, right? There's people that say, and I say it sometimes, any press can be good press, mm-hmm. even when I it's stand bad by press. <laughs> I, I do too. Uh, so not only are you a brilliant... Person And so genius. And I love that you're an investigative journalist and you still are, especially that you focus a lot of your attention on sex, which is so needed. But you're also a bang twin with me, meaning she has fringe (laughs) fringe in England, but bangs. So if you're not watching us on YouTube, y'all check out Gigi, because I think she might win the bang award or fringe (laughs) award, as they would say. They don't know what bang more banging. Sh- no, bat- <laughs> Fringe, Fringe. It's called Fringe, More right? Fringe. I like- so I just want to say I have respect for anyone that can rock a Fringe and that can rock the fuck out of being a genius writer because mm-hmm. oh, it's not God. easy. So mm-hmm. thank you. So we're talking about porn and, and sex addiction today. Mm-hmm. So can we talk about what the are the- what are the pros and cons of watching porn? And how can porn enhance my sex life? I know that it does. And how is it harmful? So there's kind of a three-tiered question here.
2: Okay. So yeah, it's a big topic. Um, basically, porn can be really beneficial for relationships. So we'll start with the positive stuff. So it can really improve like your ability to fantasize and be able to bring that into your relationship with your partner. And it can actually spike libido because it gets the sexual arousal process started. It can be something new, which a lot of couples in long-term relationships expect especially need novelty and excitement in order to keep their hormone levels like high to have desire. So it can be really helpful for that. But a really important caveat to that is that it's really dependent on how both partners feel about porn. If the partners understand that porn is not a source of erotic material, that it's something that can be used as a sexual enhancement, it's not something to be feared or something that would be considered cheating per se, then they really can benefit from it. And that kind of brings us into the whole is porn harmful thing. And I just want to qualify before I get into like how it can harm your sex life because it really can't because unless you feel shame around it. Unless porn is inhibiting your everyday function in life, if you're staying in your room for like 24 hours a day or like 20 hours a day watching porn and you're not going to work and you're not seeing your friends and you're not going to social engagements because you're watching porn all the time, yeah, you might want to reevaluate your relationship with porn. But the vast majority of people have seen all of this media propaganda that's very anti-porn, which is very based in these religious organizations like Your Brain on Porn and others that are very based in religion, even though they try to market themselves as not being religious because they want to be palatable. And they think that there is this whole generation that's being destroyed by porn. So they have all of this media messaging coming in. And then on top of that, there is all this like shame around sexuality in general and around porn itself too. So if you have those feelings around porn and that's how you view it, it can be very difficult to bridge the, bridge the gap in order to have it be beneficial for your relationship. Mm-hmm. And I think that a lot of the people who have identified themselves as porn addicts, the research has shown that the vast majority of people who are much more likely to identify with that term either consider themselves to be socially and morally conservative and or have a religious background or are religious. And that's what the data shows us. Mm-hmm. Porn is actually neutral. And the data has proven this. It's not going to harm your sex life. It's not going to hinder your sex life. And you can watch it. It's not going to harm you. You cannot watch it. That's not going to harm you either. And the real issue is media literacy and understanding that porn is entertainment and being able to understand the role of shame within our sexual selves. And that's the real foundational issue, not the porn itself.
0: Yeah, Mm -hmm. okay. Uh, I have so many questions. Mic drop. drop. Yeah, so podcast over. Uh, But I have, yeah, so many questions. um, And what I will start with, and so we just talked about how porn can enhance your sex life, and you were already talking about what about a little bit of porn addiction. So, how do you define porn or sex addiction? And maybe you don't agree with it because other people are saying that, and, and maybe you disagree that it's an addiction. So, and my next question with that, like on, on the side of that is, is porn and sex addiction real?
2: So there is absolutely no substantial evidence to conclude that porn or sex can be addictive. You cannot be addicted. A lot of these religious organizations use the word dopamine to make it sound scientific, like, oh, the dopamine rush. Are you are going to be addicted to your dopamine? But actually, there's no possible way that you can be addicted to your brain chemicals. It's the same ideology that you'll hear with food addiction. You can't be addicted to food either. It's not the same thing. What it can happen is that you can become, it can be a compulsive behavior and the sense that you use porn to soothe an underlying stressor. So it could be life, could be stress could be parents, it could be a whole host of things. So we are experiencing this very stressful, uncomfortable emotional state, and you may use porn, food, yoga even, to soothe that distress, rather than actually coping with the underlying stressor in order to soothe that, fix that, therefore the other thing becomes less of a crutch. And research, as I had said, has shown that porn is actually quite neutral. It doesn't harm. It doesn't really make you better. It's very much a a neutral thing. And I think that what's really important is that we're thinking more critically about the media that we're consuming. And this doesn't just include porn. It's basically everything that we see on social media, everything we get from the media is to think about the ways that we are viewing things. And I think being able to critically look at those things, how is this impacting my life? Is what I'm seeing entertainment? Is what I'm seeing something that might be a hyper-realized version of life? When we talk about porn specifically, you might see something like, you know, big black cock or like ebony queen, which is our very racialized, reductive ways of describing people of color and what you are seeing when you see those descriptions is you're seeing the stereotype of people. And I think that having media literacy and understanding that is really important part of this.
0: I have just one other question on the addiction piece, because I love everything that you said. So what I'm hearing is that people throw around like you're, you're the dopamine, the dopamine rush. Um, So it's not that people are necessarily getting, they're addicted to Porn. So I'm, I'm. my brain's trying to understand the difference between being addicted. I was to comparing like- it to
1: retail therapy because I do that, right? Yeah. Where I it's get... Like, it's a coping It's thing. like a coping mechanism. But uh, that's what I was thinking. I was yeah. like, oh, my God, I totally do that. Am I addicted to shopping? No. But I like some retail therapy when I want to distract myself from the real fucking issues and the stresses of life. Well, I feel like people yeah.
0: can get addicted to just about anything, but maybe it depends on how you look at the word addicted or addiction. You become compulsive.
2: Dieting. And, uh, healthy or, And reliant on it. Language is an important factor here. And Mm -hmm. the reason language is really important is when we throw around a word like addiction, we impact the way that people are treated for it. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. when you try to treat something like sex addiction or porn addiction with something like a 12-step program or abstinence or giving up the substance, Mm -hmm. that is very much like laden in shame and it doesn't treat the underlying stressor that is causing the problem in the first place. When Mm -hmm. we're talking about substance abuse, like alcohol and drugs, you're addicted to a substance. Your Mm -hmm. brain is chemically dependent on a substance and you go through withdrawal when you do not have that substance. There is no evidence to suggest that if you don't watch porn, you don't do retail therapy, you stop eating the doing the binge eating, there is no withdrawal period. And that is a critical component of how we define addiction. And so, language actually is important because this is how people end up in things like a twelve-step program, like SLA, and that's the incorrect way to treat compulsive. What is SLA? Is it
1: uh, Sex Sex and Love love Addicts Anonymous? Wow, love's thrown in there too. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah, which is it's very based in shame. It's based in religion. One of the key components of it that is, frankly, disturbing, is this idea that at every single meeting you have to admit that you're powerless to your addiction, which negates culpability, and being able to have autonomy. Mm -hmm. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: So you just are like, Oh, I'm addicted to sex, I'm addicted to porn, I can't help myself, I can't do anything about it. And then where is the healing?
0: Time for a quick break. So we can tell you about our carefully chosen sponsors.
1: Please stay tuned and buy their products because we only tell you about what we love and what we truly believe in, and it helps keep this podcast free to you.
0: What's up, shameless sex fam? Is your sex life important to you? Hmm. What about your relationships and also
1: we give you simple, simple solutions and a framework that you can use. You can customize it to you. Yes, you gives you the tools, the right tools for your sex and relationship. So you get what you desire and it's fun. It's playful. Right, Amy? We're always. It's kind of sexy. And did I mention how easy we make it for you? You have to check out Shameless Sex. Plus the testimonials, they're coming in from everywhere. And this book has helped people just like you recreate and create the sex life of their dreams. So you can do it too. Go to, where are they going, Amy? Shamelesssex.com. Oh, how easy is that? Just go to shamelesssex.com and click on the book, okay? And you can get it however you choose. If you, you want it hardcover, yeah. audio,
0: hardcover. We got you hardly yeah. covered. <laughs> <laughs> mm hmm. Totally.
1: That's uh I think that's a mind-blowing recognizing those different pieces, those factors. Like everyone talks about porn in this negative light and sex as well, masturbation even. People talk about how they can get oh, masturbation addicted addiction. to their yeah. vibrators. I get asked that and all and I, I know Amy that we've been together at times where people will raise their hand during a training, a product training and ask if it's possible because they don't want to use a vibrator because they've heard it's possible to get addicted to the vibrator. And my answer is always, no, Mm -hmm. you don't get addicted to your vibrator. Mm -hmm. It might be, you might be normalizing it and needing it all the time because you're used to it relieving a sort of sexual, maybe you feel pressure outside of your sexual life, but then the vibrator gives you comfort, which is what Mm -hmm. happens for me. And I love that. It's like popping a Xanax could be that gives you right that can change you your brain. A <laughs> exactly. It gives you a different well, and having a different Xanax
2: and you you can become chemically dependent on it. You can't become chemically addicted to your vibrator. Mm-hmm. um I have a lot of questions from people who will people who come into my clinic who will say like, "Am I desensitized? Have I like ruined myself for sex?" And like, what it is actually is that you can become conditioned to a certain kind of stimulation. It's a lot like if you sit on your foot for a really long time and it falls asleep. It's like that can sometimes, it'll come back, the sensation will come back. And the way to deal with that is to have varied forms of stimulation, starting to use lube, having different kinds of vibrators in on the mix, if that is something that is such a concern to you. But I like to really push back on this conditioning that like, oh, I only come in this one way, what's wrong with me? I actually think that pleasure is pleasure and an orgasm is an orgasm. And if that's the way that you come, we need to stop shaming that so much and stop putting things on such a hierarchy.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You answered this next question a little bit. I just want the listeners to know, because the issue of porn, am I watching too much porn? So are there signs they should be aware of? And I know you touched on this a little bit, but just to dive a little deeper into that.
2: Yeah. So I have a lot of people who come into my clinic who are coming in for compulsive sexual behaviors. And the vast majority of people who come in are completely fine the way that they describe their porn is they feel out of control. They feel like they can't stop. They feel like they can't do it. And what they describe is like, they have they go to their jobs. They have their friends. They have a normal life. Maybe they watch porn 10 minutes a day, but they feel addicted to it because of something that's called moral incongruence. They believe that porn is bad. They believe that what they're doing is out of control. And therefore it makes them believe that they are a porn addict or a sex addict. The vast majority of people who believe that they have this addict label are actually completely okay. And it has a lot to do with shame. They may also have, they may have also had like pretty neutral ideas about porn and about their porn habits, but perhaps a partner caught them watching porn. And porn wasn't something that was agreed upon in their relationship contract. And their partner has now shamed them and told them that they're a porn addict. And now they have to go get sex therapy because they have a porn problem. The problem isn't porn. The problem is shame. Mm -hmm. And the only time it becomes a compulsive sexual behavior issue is if it's interfering with your life in a substantial way. So a lot of the work that I do isn't about changing someone's porn habits or changing someone's masturbation habits. It's about finding congruence and authentic sexuality in a way that feels safe and contained for them and being able to align those messaging. Sure, there are people who will come into clinic and they are completely debilitated by the way that they're using pornography. It's pretty rare. Sure, it does happen, but that's a lot of work under feeling understanding how to use self-soothing techniques, understanding anxiety, understanding the underlying issues that porn is momentarily soothing in order to gain more self-control over your nervous system so that you don't need to lean on a crutch. Mm -hmm. And that's rare, but it does happen. That doesn't make porn addictive. It's that porn is a self-soothing mechanism for life.
1: So I just want to reiterate and um, correct me if I'm wrong, Gigi, uh, and what I'm hearing or what I'm believing from this is that you could watch porn 12 times a day and still be a friend, a a person that's getting their work done, uh, a person that is a member, a contributing member of their community, and you don't have an addiction to porn.
2: Yeah, there's no such thing as porn addiction. Exactly. That's (laughs) what
1: I just want to reiterate to listeners out there because people ask. And I think those... Boundaries or those rules about when you're addicted—it's just like the same when when you're considered to have a sexless marriage, as if like you don't have sex more than eleven mm-hmm. times, or if you have sex less than eleven Who times a year. Who decided that? Exactly. Those those stats. Yeah. Totally. So I just want to reiterate because I think it's important for people to know there have been times where I've watched porn five times a day, and I've never, I haven't felt the shame around it. But I'm sure if I had told people. I would have saw one out of five might have shamed me. Right. Mm -hmm. And then I would be like, maybe I do have a problem. So I totally get it. And I just, I guess I just wanted to.
0: uh, Or you Google it and to the whole internet says you have a problem. Well, I mean, it's,
2: it's really speak like Googling it and talking about sort of the internet. It's like, you'll see things from the guardian, the Huff Poe to honestly places I've written that are like, Oh, well, we all know that porn addiction is real or porn addiction ruined my life. And it's just it's propaganda. Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, what likely ruined that person's life was the shame and trauma they were they experienced before that is my guess, and not the actual porn part. Not ruined your life, but then you found this other thing that was the, you know, the band aid or the crutch, and that's the thing that you point the fingers at instead of here's just all this other stuff that really mm-hmm. changed me and hurt me, and you know, but good for you for finding a band aid because. I mean, we all know that, well, not we all, we know, the three of us know that when we have trauma and shame, and we're, especially when we're younger, we don't know how to comprehend it and work with it. Or even as you're older, a lot of people don't have the tools for that. You find what you can find. And I know that we can shame ourselves or be, or be like, oh, I'm not a good enough person. I'm a bad person for relying on porn or drugs or alcohol or whatever. And you're doing the best that you can. And you sure there's better ways to treat yourself maybe. And also, I think there's just like a compassion piece and not pointing to the, the the thing that made you feel good like let's look at the things that actually are the pain points instead
2: and i mean i think it's also important to look at the fact that places like exodus cry and fight the new drug one is christian and one is mormon organization and shocking news fundamentalist religious background does not equal good for sex and this whole idea of sex addiction actually came out of the 80s aids crisis mm-hmm. and it was very much based in shame. And this is stuff that's spoon fed to us. And you combine that with the, frankly, completely dog shit, sex education that we get in America. And what do you expect? Mm -hmm. People see porn and they suddenly think that that's real life. It's like learning how to cook from watching guy, watching, a. Hell's guy Kitchen.
0: Ferrari or whatever <laughs> yeah. yeah,
2: he's whatever
0: not a
2: cook name. though is he yeah. no uh, I, was tra- I was trying to say Gordon Ramsay. Gordon oh, yeah, <laughs> Gordon, it's, yeah. It's like it starts I with knew it is. as soon as I as soon as I came out of my mouth I was like that's not Wrong one
0: mind. one of the G's that
2: one guy of those, has a lot of those restaurants
0: yeah. the guy Ferrari mm-hmm. I had a, a client who asked me like okay I masturbate five times a day is that a bad and so the questions, and this brings me to my next question. We, well, we already asked about like the what the people should be aware of but I'm gonna get to more like the tools. So my questions for him are like, okay, well, how is it affecting your life? Like, are you going to work and feeling like you can't, you know, hang out at your work desk? You need to go in the bathroom and go do this thing there, which is like still, in my opinion, considered a public space, even if you can close the door and lock it. Um or are you, you know, driving your car? Are you not going to hang out with your with your family, which was what April was saying earlier? Like, is it getting in the way of these things? So let's use that person as an example. What if they're like, okay, my relationship with porn? Is feeling like it is getting in the way of those things. I am not going to the work meeting. I am doing this when my fa- I'm supposed to show up at the family dinner, and I can't leave my house because I want to keep masturbating and watching porn or whatever. And so this could be sex addiction or not addiction, but like you know, compulsion with sex, porn, or masturbation. And what? So if they wanted to work on it, what could they do?
2: Um, well, you'd want to see a qualified sex therapist who does not identify as a sex addiction therapist. If you see somebody use the word addiction, even if they're a registered, even I'm in the UK. So Cosworth registered. If they say the word addiction, you run in the opposite direction. <laughs> because <laughs> <afraid> <laughs> Yeah. Well, they're going to treat it in a way that's like abstaining and cutting it off and like, like basically making you feel like shit when you mm-hmm. already feel like shit about the way you're behaving with it. Um, so find a qualified sexual sexual therapist who specializes in compulsive sexual behaviors and does not work from a 12-step model. Somebody who understands nervous system regulation, who has training specifically from, in the UK, I would say specifically, if you've been trained by Silva Neves you will, uh, he's like the main sex, and he wrote the book on compulsive sexual behaviors, mm-hmm. the king, the prince that will be like a good way to go. But anyone who's like says compulsive sexual behaviors are out of control, sexual behaviors. That's somebody who's probably in line with what you would want to work with. Don't be afraid to shop around with therapists. I like to think a lot of it, like it's like dating on dating apps. It's like, talk to them, get that free consultation, find out if they're your vibe and then go with it. Cause you want somebody who isn't going to shame you the way that it kind of. Works like when you're in that space is that the therapist is going to want to address both what it is that is the underlying stressors, the stuff that is perpetuating the cycle, perpetuating the behavior, and ways that we can reintegrate erotic material into your life for it to feel authentic and safe and healthy for you. If you're a person who has, who is now negating friendships negating work isn't going to do everything because it's such a consuming part of their life. There's a lot of inner work that needs to be done around nervous system regulation and self-soothing techniques in order to recognize when you get to that point of emotional overload, where you reach for the porn to immediately soothe. Because if you have alternative ways to soothe yourself, to calm yourself down, it's not that the urge to go for porn or go for food or whatever it is, It doesn't go away, but it turns the volume down. So you have a moment to actually think, is this something that I want to do? Mm -hmm. What is it that I'm trying to soothe rather than actually doing the inner work? And then while you're working with a therapist, you'll process a lot of these emotions, figure out the messaging that is authentic to you, that you heard about porn, that you heard about sex, that you heard about addiction. Find out what it is that was fed to you. What if this is coming from shame, society, religion, and what of this is authentic to your own sexuality? And I think a really key component to this lastly is that there's this idea that you have to just give up porn. Mm. That if you're, I'm doing air quotes again, but like addicted to porn, you, you just stop. You go cold turkey and you can never use it again. That's a real surefire way to feel like shit about yourself when you mm. watch porn again. Mm-hmm. It's particular, It's not particularly realistic It's also not fair to you. But what are ways that we can introduce erotic material into your life in a way that feels authentic and healthy? Mm -hmm. And your therapist will be there supporting you the entire way. And then you can really reestablish your relationship with erotic materials in a way that does feel authentic and healthy to you, that allows you to also maintain other areas of your life.
0: That's so one of the questions we were going to ask is if I once had an issue with porn, does it mean I can never watch it again? Which you're saying is not the case. And I think of you know, addiction stuff where the rate, you know, everyone's, everything's thrown into the same bubble of how we calculate this, the stats and, you know, the relapse rate is like something like 80 something percent. And I don't know if that's just, they're talking about substances and, and alcohol. I think it's just addiction in general. And I wonder what it'd be like if you didn't look at like, okay, I I'm taking a break from watching porn and I watch porn again. Oh no, I relapse. Like how that would change the stats and this idea that like, even you know, the word if
2: relapse I, I would Very much advise
0: against. Totally. Time for a quick break to talk about one of our sponsors who just so happens to be our absolute favorite lube, Uberlube. Uberlube is a luxurious silicone lubricant and it enhances intimacy. It's there when you want it and it blends in when you're done with it. So you have control over that lube. It's long lasting and leaves the skin extra velvety. And honestly, y'all, I want it all over my body. Thousands of doctors in the US are recommending Uberlube to their patients. It's body friendly, less likely to change the pH, and it has vitamin E, so it feels extra moisturizing.
1: There's a reason why we've been a fan of Uberlube for years. There's no flavor or scent. It's even great for oral sex, everyone. But it's not just great for sex. You can use it for massage, your hair, you can prevent chafing. It even brings out the colors of your beautiful tattoos. And the bottle is absolutely gorgeous. It looks more like a cosmetic, so you can leave it anywhere shamelessly for easy access. Just go to UberLube.com and use the discount code SHAMELESS10 to get 10% 10% off and free shipping. Again, that's U-B-E-R-L-U-B-E.com right now with code SHAMELESS10 for 10% off and free shipping. This podcast is also brought to you by omgs.com. Join over 1 million people who are experiencing more pleasure with OMGS. They take scientific research of thousands of vulva owners showing techniques to pleasure that pussy. They turn this research into tasteful, educational, short videos, animated modules, and infographics. OMGS is for anyone who wants to learn about vulva pleasure or take it to the next level. Want to take your orgasms from good to out of this world? Then check out OMGS. Or if you're a vulva lover and want to up your
0: pussy pleasuring skills, then you need to check out OMGS. I've personally been recommending OMGS to my clients for years and it's completely changed their lives. They have three seasons external pleasure, internal pleasure, and sex toys. It's not a subscription service and you don't need to download a thing. OMGS also makes a fabulous gift and your purchase supports more pleasure research. So just go to omgs.com slash shameless to get 10% off right now. Again, that's omgs.com slash shameless to receive 10% off unlimited access towards enhancing your pleasure power. The link is in the episode's description what you're saying is it's not a relapse. It's finding a, and I, I don't really love the word healthy necessarily, but like a balanced or beneficial way, yeah. a way that ben- that helps you support your life and isn't just like, oh, I'm gonna, if I do this again, I'm the worst person ever. Maybe people need to do that with substances and alcohol because it's affecting your body in a different way than, you know, just viewing something. Uh, like you were saying, it's changing your internal chemistry and the way that you work with it. So I'm assuming that's what you're saying. It's It's actually interesting
2: that you bring that up because that kind of wraps back around to what I was saying earlier about the religiosity of 12-step programs. Mm -hmm. I know that 12-step programs for people who have substance abuse issues can be very great. And that people really, I think the main thing that people find in those 12-step programs is community. But I don't necessarily think that that's the answer, even if it is substance abuse. Like if you're an alcoholic or you're addicted to drugs and you want to go to a 12 step program, more power to you. I'm not going to stop you. And I'm not going to stop you from going to if You want to, I don't advise it, but you do you, but it's very much based in religion. There's a very shame based. You're being held accountable, right? So like if you act like a human and you say like you're addicted to cocaine, and you make a mistake where you, you do cocaine again. So I was going to say heroin, Ooh, but same, thing. <laughs> same thing, different day. Mm-hmm. It's like, you're being held accountable in a way that can be quite shaming. And I don't know if that's necessarily helpful. So, you know, like we were saying before, it's like reevaluating your relationship with what you, what substance you're addicted to in a chemical sense with drugs or alcohol. And finding community doesn't necessarily have to involve 12-step programs.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with that. And, and I'll just add one other personal thing that I've actually never shared on the podcast before. Um, and I uh, it'll be, yes, April probably knows what it is, but I won't share too many details about it because it's so very personal to me. And I know it's shameless sex, but it's not about sex. Uh, but I'm someone that has had addiction issues with substances, mm-hmm. specific ones in my lifetime. And so did some 12-step ones, but did not I was really the religion thing was like, I don't want anything to do with that. So I found, you know, all women's groups that um uh, one specifically that is um utilizing psychedelics as part of healing, which is part of something I've been doing for a long time I as part of healing for you. It's, it's awesome. Yeah, it was amazing. And um, and so it wasn't being a part of the group that made it so that I wanted to stop doing the thing. It was actually for me personally, it was just to say, and this is different from what we're talking about the porn, sex, and these kind of compulsions, right? Because for me, my body was hooked on a thing. Mm-hmm. It was, I could feel it in like in my cells, like hooked well, that's on a chemical thing.
2: dependence. It's, that's it's chemical d-
0: dependency. And my brain was too. The story of my brain that like, well, yeah, you your know, brain you is
2: literally dependent on it yeah
0: and it's like you won't be able to really manage without this thing because you'll struggle and you'll feel very alone and dark whatever and the thing that really helped me and this is very different what we're talking about again i had to actually close the door entirely to say i'll never do this thing again Mm -hmm. it's just not in this lifetime i can never do this thing again because i've abused it so heavily and become so dependent on it Mm -hmm. and with the 12 steps world that was like this branch that like they don't bring in any of the God stuff and if you're into the God stuff good for you and if it works for you good for you it just wasn't what I wanted and I and I I didn't I didn't want to go in a place that created shame around something I already felt shame about and I and I feel like I got a really great experience there where I could come out and be like hey I I did I mean I I did use the word relapse I started using this again and no one shamed me no one's like oh my god they're like yeah we've done that too we're with you Community
2: without shame who knew yeah
0: Yeah, who knew? And something that
2: you really highlighted there that I just want to highlight quickly Mm -hmm. is like when it comes to substance abuse, abstinence is the way usually forward for people. Mm -hmm. Because when you have an unhealthy relationship with a substance, it's an addictive chemical substance, alcohol, heroin, cocaine, whatever it is. You really do need to not use it anymore because your brain will immediately go back to that place. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the reasons that porn and sex addiction need to not be called addictions Yeah, because that's not how it works. You can mm-hmm. have porn and sex in your life in a healthy way, in a way that feels authentic to you. You can't be a cocaine addict necessarily and then be like, I'm just going to like use cocaine sometimes.
0: Yeah, yeah, it does. It doesn't work. Your brain that way. doesn't work that way. And the last example I give, make it really quick was just I uh, in my early 20s. I did think I had an issue with porn. That's what I was living in San Francisco. I was alone watching a lot of porn and I thought I had a problem with it. And then I just like decided, whatever, life happened, I stopped watching it. Now I can watch it very easily. It's not a problem. I like watch it once, and I'm not like, oh, now I need to watch it for the rest of my life. Um, it feels very different for me, so I I like that. Like for me, I have those two experiences: one, knowing when it is it is a chemical dependency and something that feels like an addiction, and one that was just like I am being compulsive, but it doesn't
1: mean That's that I can do it. <laughs> you're being mindful, I think there's a lot of mindfulness practices that you can that you can take in, which I've done for things that aren't chemical. The dopamine release. Don't bring it to that. But I did. But for, for me, like the, the non, um, substance abuse stuff, the things that I like, the Mm -hmm. retail therapy, the wine, I don't ever think that I'm addicted to alcohol, but I will just reach for a glass of wine at the end of my day because it's my stress reliever. Right. And I'm like, wait, the mindfulness though, or masturbation. This, Mm -hmm. it's, yes. So I, I don't know. We haven't talked about tools for this, but I do want to bring something the question i know we have to i don't want to go this is such a good conversation
2: i'm having the best time <laughs> i am too
1: so of course we've taken away the the pieces of shame i think during this interview about watching porn however i want to ask you a question because i think it it does matter so does the type of porn that you're consuming matter
2: because i believe okay, it does that's a very good. interesting question i'm actually very glad you asked it so there are a lot of messages that we get that porn infuses misogyny. And actually the evidence of what people are actually watching and how people feel about women doesn't support that. In fact, there's been evidence that shows that people who watch pornography actually have better views of women than people who don't. With that being said, there are ways that we should be consuming porn in a way that is responsible as people who are consumers. And I want to qualify that by saying that this doesn't just, this isn't just porn. This is out all of our media. Where is it coming from? What is the messaging? What am I seeing? Is this a place I can trust? So there are a couple of ways that you can watch pornography that are really great. You want to be sure that you're watching ethical pornography. That's kind of the way that we like slap organic on like a banana nowadays, but there are ways that you can tell that something is ethical. First of all, Most small porn companies will have a thing on their website that explains exactly how they are ethical. So go and read that. But some key things to look for are are the performers and the staff being paid in a way that they think is equitable for the work that they are doing. Mm -hmm. Are these sex workers themselves go to their Twitter pages and their OnlyFans? Are they talking about the company? Are they talking about the scenes that they did? It's very important that within an ethical porn structure that the performers are performing acts that not only did they agree to beforehand that on the day they felt comfortable doing. This is all part of this structure. Mm -hmm. And this isn't just about performers. Actually, the people who are editing, the people who are filming, how are they feeling? Are they a part of it? When in doubt, if you find a performer that you like and you want to be ethical, Go to their OnlyFans, go to their pages, go to their content, pay for it directly, pay for your porn, because there are ways that we go to the store, we buy organic spinach and avocados and whatever. We want to put that stuff in our body, consume organic porn because ethical porn, I should say, mm-hmm. because <laughs> from these mainstream porn sites, some of this porn was made in a way that that is it's not necessarily like bad. Like mainstream porn isn't necessarily bad, but it is made from a white cis hetero point of view. So when people watch porn who aren't a white cis hetero man and they're like, this isn't really for me. I don't understand why I don't like this because it wasn't made for you.
1: Mm -hmm. Also, like weird porn, like where it's bad. mm -hmm. We'll find that stuff,
2: too. But -hmm. it's like pay for your shit. Mm -hmm. Like we pay for our Netflix or Hulu or Disney Plus pay for your porn. You're supporting these small creators, these small sex workers. I just say, small business sex workers. not that they're mm-hmm. small. Mm-hmm. And that's a really important part of this is like understanding where you are getting your content. Sure. It's super easy to just like type in red tube or whatever it is, but like, that's how you know that what you're consuming is actually made by somebody who wanted to be there, who made something they wanted and promotes that content. Mm-hmm. And that's
1: important to highlight because we're not advocating i'm not and i i I can guarantee that i'm speaking for all of us here on this uh interview that we're not advocating for child pornography or uh porn that isn't consented to film Mm -hmm. exactly this Mm -hmm. is all
2: if something is not consented to if something is with minors that's not pornography that's Mm -hmm. child sex trafficking Mm -hmm. and that is unethical created content
1: Mm -hmm. But I think it's important to highlight because people will muddle those two slash three different ways to describe what you're watching because it Mm -hmm. is called child pornography when people talk about it. But you're absolutely right. And Mm -hmm. I love that. We have to understand that porn can be ethically consumed. And I love that advice, those mm. pieces of advice, because that was quite a bit all in one answer to a question mm. that I'm stoked that you brought that to everyone's attention because it's important.
0: I have just one last question that is not exactly a tangent because that's to go with what we we're saying like a half an hour ago. But I just want I just re- I remember these like articles that I saw and wanted to see what your opinion is before we wrap this up.
2: There oh, has I'm been things that have
0: suggested that porn is affected erectile function and ejaculatory control issues. What are your mm-hmm. thoughts on this?
2: So the amount of times that I've seen this propagated in the media is, to put it lightly, worrying. There is uh, absolutely no evidence to suggest that pornography consumption is connected to ED. The studies that have been put out are very much, if you look at the people who funded them, they're all linked to these anti-porn, they're linked to these anti-porn, specifically your brain on porn organizations. The sample sizes are laughable. Mm-hmm. They are not peer reviewed and porn is neutral. It is not it is not something that causes ED. And the fact that this keeps getting propagated by not just mainstream media, but like well-known sex educators is worrying.
0: I wonder if this is the same category as that article that came out from Vice magazine that was based on a study of like seven people that female ejaculation isn't real. Like all of this probably the same things that are like, yeah, but like that
2: porn well if you watch porn or masturbate a lower testosterone and there were like 10 people in the study and none of the outside factors were actually factored in in any way yeah that's my god my, believe- my partner said the other day he's like how many
1: more ejaculations do i think do you think i have left in my life
2: i was like <laughs> what? a million
1: what? a what? zillion I was like, i'm I was like, you don't, you don't have to worry about that's that. so cute that yeah. he's like, that's your
2: partner. Imagine I the average person. That's
1: what I'm saying. And he's 55 years old. And I was like, babe, you're fine. Like, keep don't, on coming. You don't have to say <laughs> you <it>. are <laughs> good. I was like, where are you getting this information? So and yeah, that's was, uh, a co-host
2: uh, of the shameless sex podcast. Yeah. We are in, we're in we're bad straits. Uh,
1: well, I, I mean, I definitely debunked that, that myth to him, but he was like, really? Yeah. I mean, I did. I did love it. I was like, that is kind of cute. It was adorable to Because I was like, oh, babe, don't worry. It's not like a period. You don't just have a number of eggs that you're going to drop, okay? That's what I think he maybe was comparing it to, but I was like, no, no, it's like, very much. Do I go into menopause? Yeah. <laughs> you're, manip- you're not
0: menopause. Oh, man. But, but
2: people still have orgasms in menopause. Yo. Okay? And he oh, your next merch thing. Yes.
0: Yes. Yes. menopause and menstruation. Like, Ken like, enough? Ken enough? I'm Ken enough. Ken enough. Right. Oh, it's oh, not bringing to Barbie. All
1: right. Uh, well, this was so, yeah, this was so great. I love talking to you, Gigi. And thank you because this was not only insightful, but so helpful because we have this shame around both of these questions about porn addiction and sex addiction, right? Are these something that that people need to worry about? And I think you really did break it down in a way that is understandable. And I I'm glad that we got rid of some of this bullshit that is just festering underneath people's pleasure, really. Mm-hmm. It really does come down to blocking people's ultimate pleasure. So mm-hmm. that that being said. I want to talk about your current offerings and also how can folks find you and work with you and get more of a Gigi Ingle?
2: Sure. So you can find me on Instagram, X, Twitter. I don't know what his deal is. All at, <laughs> <laughs> yes, Whatever the fuck like, it, it is.
0: <laughs> is what it is.
2: Misogyny. Um, you can find us. Yeah. All, on all platforms of The Misogynist at Gigi Angle. You can also find me at com. And if you would like to work with me, you can go to The Therapy Yard, where I am currently working as an associate. Oh,
0: awesome. Oh, beautiful. And your podcast, too? Remind everyone about your podcast.
2: Oh, yes. And I'm also the co-host of the Bad Break podcast, where we break down the most jaw-dropping, crazy breakups you've ever heard from a psychosexual and investigative journalist perspective. Love it.
1: Okay, well, I'm tuning into that one, (laughs) ASAP. So, wow, thank you so much, Gigi. I know you're in the UK and it's getting late over there, but we would love to talk to you again and gratitude for all you're doing for the world. Thank you for uh, bringing people more pleasure. We really do value you and everything you brought to us today. So thank you. Absolutely. Oh, love it. And to all of our shameless sex listeners out there, thank you for joining us every Tuesday and sometimes Fridays. And also, if you haven't bought our book, go to shamelesssex.com. You can check out shameless sex. It's almost like a choose your own adventure, but it's a choose your own pleasure path. She She has has it. it right now. If you're not watching us on YouTube, check that out. And really, really, it will be a book that you can come back to again and again and again and again so it's not just a one and, and done. when you're like
0: 55 and over you can yeah. keep humming again and again it doesn't end yeah. so there you go you're not running out of, of <laughs>
1: orgasms there nope um okay just well, for days <laughs> we do love each and every one of our listeners go ahead give us a review if you bought the book review us on anywhere that you purchased it because that helps more people find shameless sex and also folks like Gigi Engel who bring the world so much amazing and incredible information Mm -hmm. i've been told by the uk that americans use the word amazing too much so amazing damn it incredible (laughs) beautiful (laughs) i'm I'm thinking of other adjectives which i'll come up with gorgeous yes beautiful okay well that that also describes gorgeous yeah yeah Yeah. gorgeous
0: gorgeous.
1: Uh, so we love you all we'll see you next tuesday ciao for now
0: want to learn more go to shamelesssex.com. And for 15% off of some of our favorite sex toys, use coupon code shamelesssex at purepleasureshop.com.